0: Yo, Nolan. Robert. Hey, Nolan.
1: hey how are you doing? Pretty good.
0: Thanks for reaching out. I, I appreciate it. I I always have these great intentions that, you know, just get buried in my head somewhere lost in my head when I when I uh, saw you at uh, the Matt's
1: um, I don't know what you call that. But, uh, yeah, his at the service or the memorial. Yeah. I
0: I thought, well wow, I'd like I'd like to get to know you better. And then then you know, it's like a million other good intentions that I've got filed in my head somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to, uh, I'm not sure why my video hasn't been working on these, um, but the last time I did a Zoom, I couldn't get the video to work either, so I don't know what's going on, some sort of... Uh, There's, I guess the very basic
0: thing is at the bottom it says stop video start video and the like the very bottom second tab over you can say stop video start video yeah
1: yeah i clicked that but it doesn't uh,
0: that's the that's all i know that's all i got well, yeah oh well
1: we i'd have to proceed without
0: <laughs> that, that's all right.
1: without video this time. right
0: we'd probably be better off if we proceeded without mine that that old guy that's in in the my video is not not really me (laughs) it's it's an imposter there's been a uh, some kind of historic colossal mistake made there's no way in the hell I'm this old (laughs) Uh, it's a it's a realization I think that everybody goes to that uh, that time just screams by and it seems to pick up speed with age uh, and my scientific theory on that is that your uh, brain takes less pictures when you get old and you know, the whole processor is slowing down and so it has the you know, internet judges times by how many events it remembers that that's just my explanation for, you know trying to make it rational but uh, I'm in the part of my life where time is like You know reach warp speed just like a big big blur yeah so you're still young enough that you haven't hit the blur phase yet (laughs) you you will i mean i've
1: had had glimpses i've had glimpses at times where it feels like that but i can only imagine what uh how it changes yeah It's
0: uh, it's not all bad my my brother wrote me some long texts this morning he's three years younger uh, late 60s 69 or something like that and he's he's kind of lived wild and free as whole life it's really a miracle that he's still alive but he's now facing the fact that he's always done construction work and stuff and he's still doing it i mean he's a physical phenomenon uh, but he's starting to realize that the you know the clock's ticking and his body's wearing out and that he has no future which i i have to say my my finances and life seem a little better quite a bit better shaped than his but you never know life takes a lot of strange twists and turns so what, what were you thinking of? Um, you mentioned reading some poems and um, just talking and philosophizing or what?
1: Yeah.
0: What, what kind of motivated the, t- the, the, the text? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad it came and I'm curious
1: about. Uh, um, yeah, let's see. Well, this kind of format of of uh, of conversation and and exploration of uh, both ideas and language and and uh, um, uh, it's been a, a major pursuit and occupation for me for. An extended period of time now, um, and then I enjoyed hearing. Um, I enjoyed hearing and listening to your podcast and your production of it, and and uh, I had uh, I've had thoughts of of trying to do something in that vein for you know. a while, but it's never really, um, it's never really happened. And then, so I'm always looking for for outlets of um, potentially collaborating and making that, making that work. So I don't know if it would, uh, you know, I'm open to either um, just general open conversation with, you know, I do, refer to different poems and poets a lot and enjoy, you know, reading their works and even speaking them aloud. And um, I've often thought, how can I better, or how can I help share a lot of these, uh, this language that to me feels um, nourishing and and true and um, Mm. sustaining. And and um, so I'm. I just started wondering if there's an opportunity to somehow, um, you know, do that with you in, in some sort of uh, in some sort of way. I'm I'm not always one to want to have like prepared um, stuff ready, but um, I'm trying to think a different podcast that I. Like a lot that aren't always um, necessarily formatted. Like for a while, I really enjoyed On Being with Krista Tippett. Yeah, uh, kind of engages in that um, just like open conversation, and then you know edits it down or whatever, but also offers the the full conversation. And um, I like that. You know less structured um less structured but still with a general idea of what uh you know wanting to talk about important things and and significant things and um so yeah i don't know i don't know if it would be
0: no i i um i'm doing the the podcast probably very similar reasons to you know what you Actually described pretty well, and I find it um, difficult. And I, uh, it, it's one of those things, though, that I, I'm a big believer in the like the 10,000 hour rule. You got to serve your time, and you got to keep trying on something and figuring it out. I mean, it's just you don't do a, you know, well, especially like you know Aaron Tippett. Which I, you know, I listen to her and I got a crush on her. You know, I'm 35 again, <laughs> but uh, and I just I love her, her tone. I mean, I I like her ideas and stuff too. But it, the the and there's the Tara Brock I listen to sometimes too. I I love the like you can't listen to them and not feel the love they have for the world and for you know their fellow humans it's just that um, you know appreciation of herself and the world and each person she comes into that she appreciates and i think that just comes out in everything she says and does Um, and i've you know been an engineer i've been real hard on the facts and the the structure of things and the the concrete things and I've got older I've I've started to, to really appreciate the softer and the more delicate and things of life I mean, I mean it, it, the connection with humans um, and so like I'm a late I'm late to the game but I'm trying to make up for lost time so in a podcast I'm I'm <clears throat> I, I have this and and I think it comes from my early upbringing in, in the church which I'm, I'm not religious anymore but I think I have this feeling I, I want to somehow help this world be a better place and I think talking and connecting with people is um, a way to do that and I don't um, I don't know how to translate that into a podcast. But it's like I'm amazed. I'm this is probably like the you know 200 plus, 200 plus podcasts I've done, and I would okay. say a half a dozen of them have been uh, really good. And there's been a lot of really bad ones. Or I don't know what makes something bad, but <laughs> not too interesting ones. <laughs> anyway, I, I I think we should give it. I'm I, I'm eager to give it a go with you because I think it, it's like. You know, you're you're like a seed that's bringing some ideas, and let's let's water it and see how how it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I think it'd be it'd be fun. I'd... I I'm I've got
0: my recording on this. I I even think this conversation is actually pretty interesting. I mean, I, I think it's we we. Uh, often think things have to be more complicated and involved to be interesting but i think it's and i can tell all the time when i do it or don't do it or at least i'm getting better at it i think people are just looking for authentic and real they're not looking for you know genius or you know know, we don't have to have the biggest insight in the whole world I think we just have to be real, authentic, and that—that's like ninety percent of the journey. And then if we can get the ten percent, some, you know, good thought—that's yeah. like gravy. Yeah. Um, you have some poems, poems, and poets that you. What What I'm thinking about that. What we'll do today, just kind of like talk about what we want to do, and then set up another time with kind of a a loose idea like you know bring a poem to the table or you know something you you know you've read that's touched you and you just read it and you know i i like the non-structured that you're talking about
1: yeah um it's i certainly have a handful of uh of poets who have been, um, and writers who have been, um, you know, deeply impactful in my life and and um, in my understanding of the world. And, um, uh, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to leave too many people out, but there's off the top of my head, uh, and I'd love to have the ta- the chance to kind of explore some of their words and even, you know, discussions of their views of the world and, and stuff like that. Poets like uh, there's a guy Jim Harrison from uh, from Michigan who has been really impactful. Wendell Berry, Mary Oliver, um, the poetry of Rumi, done by Coleman Barks. Um, Rumi and um, Oliver, there's two that I've
0: read quite a bit. I like both of those, and I'm eager to learn about the others. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, well, um, yeah, and then, I mean, obviously handfuls of others, and, and, um, yeah, I don't know if you want me to... So I read anything now, but uh, but, uh, but that's an idea of some of the e. e. Cummings. He early on, he was like an interesting poet that really got me into language and, and words and emotion.
0: Yeah, let let um, let's do a, kind of a you know test of the. Uh, well, we're we're learning as we go. Uh, okay, like, yeah, we'll test it out. Yeah. I'll... My my son um he did one of way back did one of the early podcasts with me and i was learning more then than i am now i'm still learning and hopefully keep learning um and where's later i did one with matt and my son actually called me up and said that he loved the, the podcast with matt and i think matt it wasn't me doing it I think Matt is the one that made that podcast good I mean it 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 just Matt being Matt and it and it came out great and you know a lot of people listen to it um, and the one thing that, that kind of bothers me about podcasts is you almost never get feedback um, and uh, you know have my son call me up and said I really love that that podcast and you know just i i like listening you know um.
1: yeah i i listened to that one as well i, I enjoyed it but uh for me it was interesting to hear more about matt's story and just kind of knowing him through poetry and um and i enjoyed the your guys kind of bouncing of, of ideas and conversation and um think uh you definitely have a strong knack for um for that those kinds of conversational skills that um it works really well uh thank you um, um i i like people and
0: i also like talking and those two things are kind of in conflict at times <laughs> because i'm convinced you know that to appreciate people you have to listen more and i'm i'm working hard on that (laughs) we
1: will take one small step at a time so where uh where's your where's your son based now he
0: he's in north carolina and he kind of has ambitions of being an organic farmer and he's bought a like a 27 acre farm and he has a, you know, trailer that he lives on it. He's buying farm equipment and he grows all his own crops and stuff. Um, but right now he's also working as he has a, an incredible skill with, with people. He just shows up somewhere and says, uh, I hear you're growing, you know, blueberries Organic blueberries, and I'd like to learn. And they say, "Well, we don't have any openings." And he said, "No, I'm. I just come here and help. And, you know, he convinces them that they don't have to pay him. And then, you know, the kind of the the story evolves. You know, and in a year, he's running the blueberry farm. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's sneak attack. But he just he just shows up, and he believes the universe will take care of him if he just does what he thinks is right. Yeah and right now he showed up at some uh lady wanted some help with her organic farm or her organic garden and he came and was trying to help her and then said you know first we have to sit down and i have to understand you know what you're trying to do and who you are and how this fits into your life and i just want to know more about you well it turns out you know her husband is like the president of Bank of America or something and so now he's kind of running uh, he's been groomed to run their whole estate I mean it just it's it's a real strange way to it's a unique way to live life and he just shows up and said how can I help and people hand him the keys to the kingdom <laughs> <laughs> and, and me and him have a lot of philosophical discussions but uh, we, we also have a hurdle in that uh, much of my life I've worked very hard and travel all over the world and been a you know, pretty successful engineer to the expense that I ignored family and he feels some of that earlier neglect so yeah we've been trying to sort that out for probably at least a decade I, I, I think right at the moment I've said something that's upset him I'm not real sure but he hasn't been responding to my emails and texts and stuff i will have to find out why anyway it's
1: those are, those are, eight, I, eight. I, I appreciate you sharing uh, that story it's, that's obviously very personal and uh, those are issues that a lot of people are all of us are kind of working out and, and, and sorting out and family matters and, uh, and yeah it's not not always easy territory to uh, to fully Delve into.
0: Now, the, I I've just read started reading. Well, I do this with a lot of books. I I read half the book or one chapter or ten chapters. Um, I can't say her name right. Pima. Pima um,
1: Shod- you know, Shodron or Pima Shodron. The yeah. when things fall apart or. Yep. You know. And that it you know we're we're all
0: in the same drama the same stories um, and you know the individual stage and circumstance vary but we're we're all we all go through the same thing and just different you know different flavors and and some of us are luckier than others but it there's you know it's it's just part of life things fall apart then you put them back together and they fall apart again and that's kind of the way we we live
1: yeah yeah
0: and you know and the country's going through that too i mean we're going this country's i've, I've never actually seen our country in this bad of shape being so divided and um, i realized that i've been part of that i've, I've written blogs for forever and my wife, who has had a huge impact on me the last 10 years, um, she says, you're describing the problem. That's what you're doing in your blogs. And I go, wow. And I did it so well. I mean, I would do the research and everything and I would assign the blame uh, to, to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hard, but it's hard to go from that to listening and making a positive contribution. I mean, but like this whole thing with COVID is we're having such a hard time because part of this being divided and angry and stuff means we can't cooperate for our common good. I mean, it's, uh, it has real consequence so many areas because we we haven't learned to pull together as a people and somewhere we lost that we we used to at least in the 60s we thought we had all the answers and we we painted this brand new world that we're gonna have man we're not even dreaming anymore in this country we're i mean not very well i mean we're too busy fighting so Anyway, maybe we can shed some small light on the world that's that's Yeah. Not yeah.
1: I, so, you want to read something, and we'll, you know. Sure. Yeah. I'll. Uh, well, just a, a word on that from what, from my vantage point in terms of the, the divisiveness and conflict and, um, because. Uh, it is it is really um, problematic, and it is hard for for to feel like we're all working together when everyone is so strong in their beliefs of right and wrong. And and um, I think that's really what draws me into poetry. In and you know poets like Rumi with with um, you know the quote out beyond ideas of of right-doing and wrong-doing there's a field and I'll I'll meet you there and I think when I first heard those words and you know it was it just hit me this you know realization that there is really no right or wrong there's you know we, we all have different beliefs and and thoughts and um and yet there's still places to gather and come together and and let go of some of those uh, convictions. Um, same with, you know, I came to Mary Oliver you know, with, in the midst of growing up in a lot of environmental angst. And, and you know, the world is, we're killing our environment. And um, I needed something to save me from that narrative that was becoming toxic to myself, that and and she um you know i think i don't know if it's her own experience of surviving traumas or abuse in her lifetime and and finding salvation in um in the trees and with dogs and ponds and creeks and streams and um it was language of celebration rather than um you know celebrating the natural world rather than cursing humanity for uh for whatever impact it's had and that for me just it gave me a whole new lens of seeing the world that say really you know kind of saved my life in a lot of ways that um i still feel so grateful for her for her um contributions to uh to the world but anyways I'll uh
0: yeah I I like uh, both of those and at at some point in another date uh, there's one of Rumi's poem about accepting different people into your house which I had read before but I didn't understand it and then my wife took me to some retreat and a guy talked on that that poem for like hours and I go wow could not believe how much was was in the poem. I go wow you yeah. <laughs> know it's like a 50 line poem and it it was so all you know the guy talking who's kind of a Buddhist teacher type guy I can't think of his name but you saw so much in that poem, and I go, "Wow! I just—I didn't even have my eyes. I—I I just wasn't there when I read it. I mean, well, or I wasn't able to see." Yeah. It. Um, and I—I—I I, I like Mary Oliver. I—I the, the, I love going for hikes, and I'm—I'm I'm getting now to you know doing a two and a half, three-hour, two and a two two to three mile hike is act- in hills and stuff is actually, you know, is it's starting to get a little hard for me and that's kind of hard to accept because I've been pretty athletic and strong most of my life. But getting out in nature is like a, like, wow, this is, I guess the world I live in is real too. But it's, it's such a more, Pleasant reality than when I flick on the TV. I mean, that's yes. like, I mean, yeah. one makes yeah. me stronger and feel better and healthier and happier, and one makes me like depressed. <laughs> it's
1: just... Yeah. So, anyway, um, I, I don't, I'll never, uh... some of her favorite lines are. I, I don't think any person can hear it enough because it's and I forget how the rest of the poem goes but it's um, you don't have to be good you only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves and um, it's a poem that offers forgiveness when you know we we kind of live in a society that wants to crack down on you and for everything that you've ever done wrong and, and Leave you feeling bad about yourself, and she just offers those simple lines that are, uh, for me, have been deeply affecting. And and um, and then she goes in onto some beautiful whimsical observation of the natural world, but um, I'm leaving that out for this one. Um, now, Robert, I got to ask, where? Um, so, where did you grow up? El Paso. Okay. Because the way you say poem, which is, can can you say it? Poem. Yeah, it's kind of uh, so. This writer Jim Harrison. Now he's from uh, um, he's from Northern Michigan and spends a lot of time up on the UP. But he says it the the same exact way. Um, so maybe it's kind of a Midwestern uh, style of of saying the word with a little more. Um, I was always kind of uh i enjoyed hearing this he didn't do a lot of interviews or anything but uh i was always intrigued by how he would he would say the word he would say poem i can't even say well i
0: i once i hear you say the word and i'm thinking about it i don't even know if i can say it my way i mean my i'm so influenced by um what I've just heard and by like if I I grew up in El Paso and if I'm around Hispanics a lot, I'll start taking on the Hispanic accent. Yeah, I, I just my, there's I, my wife and everybody that knows me say says I'm very empathetic and I I absorb things from people without my conscious. knowledge that it's going on and I I I have sometimes um, problems just feeling something that I've picked up from someone else I just I don't I'm not even aware of where it came from and 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 I'll walk into a room and I'll go wow is that person hurting? and my wife will say how do you know that and I just I say I don't know I just I said maybe it's on her face or his face or something yeah, yeah. It's a, most it's of bad. the time i don't have any way to find out that that's true or not or it might just be that statistically there's a lot of people hurting uh, but in a lot of cases i'll or in some cases i'll someone will come over and then talk to me and i'll listen and i'll and my wife will go wow you pick that up across the room and i'll go i don't know it's, just, it's, a, it's a gift, but yeah. it's also, it also comes out in a lot of ways, like how I talk and how I say stuff. But uh, you'll find that um, a lot of my own poetry is centered around where I grew up in El Paso and the immigrants. Um, you know, I I was born a 100 yards north of the Rio Grande. I could have born born you know, a hundred yards south of the Rio Grande, um, and life would have been much tougher. So these boundaries that, uh, I'm getting emotional, (laughs) but that separate us are just so like, it. it, they're a, a story that we created that that's the boundary between us and them. And all boundaries we have between us and them are, are more in our head than they are in reality. And it's whether it's race or anything else, but the, the border to me is, is like a metaphor for the us's and them's and th- that we run into all the time. I mean, it's, it's just and so I I identify real strongly with all the border problems we have because it um, when I was growing up, it just we accepted people moving back and forth across the border. And, you know, as a teenager, I used to go watch the maids come across the Rio Grande to go to work and they'd take their clothes off on one side so they wouldn't get wet and then they'd wait across the river and then put their clothes back on. And, you know, for a teenage boy, that was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, so, and then you know, when my mom got old, we, we had a, a Mexican lady come live with my my brother's house, and he took you know care of my mom, and we gave her room and board, and, you know, fifty bucks a week, and Sundays off, and she was happy. And you know, when we need to get her car fixed, we we'll go across the border and do it cheaper. And I mean, it just I grew up. That the border was so seamless and it wasn't a, a problem to us that the, we moved back and forth. And now it's such a wow, our country gets so, I, I don't know, so angry about that whole thing. Um, and so for me, a lot of my, my poetry the last few years has come from the, the border. Which has always been a big part of my life, and it and it's such a different part of my life than it is for our country. For our country, it's such a painful uh, thing that we fight about. And I don't know. I digress. But <laughs> you
1: asked me where I was from, and yeah, that's a the uh, whole package. There's all kinds of. Uh impactful tangents that we could take from that from that conversation i mean the it's no different than putting a dam in a river or you know when you put up those kinds of walls and barriers and um, fences and disrupt the natural flow of people and animals and energy it, it yeah it creates blockages that and it's, I guess, because people are afraid of
0: what... Well, there's, you know, sometimes there's, it's a balance. I mean, we also need the, you know, the hydro power is a hell of a lot cleaner than any other kind of power we've got. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's always the plus the plus and the minus, the good and the bad. I don't like the word good and bad, but I don't. I struggle to find alternate words. But, you know, it's... The trade-offs and um, just like on the political scene, both sides, it's very hard for me to see the other side because I'm so damn entrenched in my own point of view. But I know the other side has valid points and that they live in a world that from the world they live in, it makes perfect sense, even though I can't see it. I want to get to where I can see it and can like sit in their, in their chair and understand their world and see them just as a person, not
1: as someone that has different views than me anyway. Yeah, yeah grow, you know, there's something about growing up on a, on a borderline like that, that, um, even being here where where we are now we're on the the mason dixon line which is a a borderline that i you know reflect on a lot and uh it's not easy to exist on the line where there's no there's no uh neither side is right or wrong and there's just differences and there's um but yeah thank you for you know, obviously bringing up the point of the benefits of hydro, you know, electricity, and there's no, there's no definites, um, but I, I do think there's something about existing on this, in the middle where it's. Um...
0: I, I looked at, by the way, and this somehow seems related. to at, at the pictures you have on your uh, Facebook, and. It really, it looks like a tight-knit family, like you have some group pictures there, and it looks like you're kind of out in the rural area of, of Pennsylvania, that I, I thought. Um,
1: sort of, sort of, um, I, I'm i based in, uh, primarily I'm based in Landenburg, it's um, where I grew up and where I am right now, living on a um, little permaculture farm property, um, and I do a lot of my primary work is a lot of plant work and tree work and organic farming. And um, I would say it's an area that was traditionally very rural, and over the last fifty years has been, you know, developed more and more in terms of. Uh, Population density and, and suburban sprawl, um, but uh, part of the thing that fascinates me is how to can you know keep it a beautiful area while welcoming people in, and, and I think that's where the ideas of permaculture are super. Um, Maybe at some point uh, you can teach uh, me about permaculture. So permaculture is designing. Um, it's a it's a means of land stewardship of you know managing the the land and, and property around you based on. Um, I'm not going to get all this right. The guy I rent from he he gives a lot of talks on it and um, it seems to vibe well with my general philosophy although i'm not a studied you know permaculture guy but essentially you design a property for all kinds of different ecosystem services uh you know native plants native uh trees depending on the local habitat what might work well and then um you know certain amount of vegetable farming or even um raising uh, livestock or animals you know they're super into ideas like uh, raising pigs and cattles under um, wooded pasture so trees that um, drop fruits and nuts that feed the the animals while also you know helping improve the, lo- the local habitat and carbon um, sequestration and um, so it's a bit more of a intensive form of land management. It also takes into account the people that live there and, and helping, you know, cultivate an environment of um, of justice and care for, for others and um, so it takes the whole gardening concept to like a a new territory of um you know, kind of like what your son does when he when he gets a if he gets a garden gig and goes there and you know doesn't just start doing whatever tasks they ask. He wants to know well what's going on with the people who live here. What uh, what might this land serve well? Is there neighbors that might want to contribute in some sort of way? Is there um, an old stone house where the stones can be used for borders in the garden? And um, it's a holistic approach to, to gardening where there's no um, set rules of, of, well, this is the right way to do this. And this is, it's a very locally based um, and, uh, you know, environmentally conscious. There's a lot of, you uh, um, consideration to the impacts of agriculture and, um, but yeah, it's... it's. Sounds very cool. I it's mean, it's super interesting.
0: Also sounds like I look at that and go, wow, do I have enough time left in this lifetime to add that to the stuff I want to learn about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, the, I, my wife is real big on she says she likes me the most because I'm a, a learner yeah. I, and it speaks for her too I and mean, she's she's I mean plus she's got about 10 times more energy than I have she she goes 12 15 hours a day reading she's a consultant for schools and she's making a difference it's like uh Like we're both of us go pretty damn hard for old people. But I I can't keep up with her. But she's she's a thinker, she's a very smart person. And she's quite a bit smaller than me. And I always think how does all that uh, brain power exist in her head, which is seventy-five you know, percent the size of my head. Wow. <laughs> she does not have enough room for all those brains. Just like birds. Birds just amazed the crap out of me. How smart they are! The tiny little head. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Why don't you read us a poem and then we talk about it a little bit, and then, and then. Um, All right. I'll be, uh. Be
1: wise enough to let people. Uh, sure, I got, I got here. Got uh, here. The essential poems by uh, Jim Harrison. And this is a uh, thing. Put out post Thomas He passed away maybe three or four years ago. Um, and uh, I can either pick one randomly. You can give me a page number, and we can take a chance on what. Why don't
0: you give me one of your favorites? That...
1: Okay. I don't want to get a hold of something that
0: we we can't digest yet. Okay. I'm... Yeah. Anyway, I was going to go on another round is, like, Discord, but I think I'll skip it. It's
1: All a right. So this this is a, uh, a poem titled "Advice," and uh, Harrison's very conversational in his uh, a lot of his poetry. It's very um, yeah, it's conversational. All right. A ratty old man, an Ojibwe alcoholic who lived to be 88 and chewed red man tobacco as a joke, told me a few years back that time lasted seven times longer than we white folks think. This irritated me. We were sitting on the porch of his shack drinking a bottle of sapphire gin that I brought over. He liked expensive gin. An old shabby furred bear walked within 10 feet of us on the way to the bird feeder for a mouthful of sunflower seed. That bear was a pissant as a boy. He'd howl in my window until I made him popcorn with bacon grease. You should buy a green Dodge from the 50s. A fine car, but whitewash it in the late fall and scrub it off May 1st. Never drive the highways, take back roads. The great spirit made dirt, not cement and blacktop. On your walks in the back country, get to where you're going, then walk like a heron or a sandhill crane they don't miss a thing. Study turtles and chickadees. These bears and wolves around here have too much power for us to handle right. I used to take naps near a female bear who farted a lot during blueberry season. Always a curtsy to the police and they'll leave you alone. They don't like to deal with what they can't figure out. Only screw fatter women because they feed you better. This skinny woman over near Municine gave me some crunchy cereal that cut my gums. A bigger woman will cook you ham and eggs. I've had my 22 Remington 70 years and now it looks like it's made out of duct tape. Kerosene is your best fuel. If you row a boat, you can't help but go in a circle. Once I was so cold and hungry, I ate a hot deer part raw. I felt its last beat in my mouth. Sleep outside as much as you can, but don't close your eyes. I had this pet garter snake that lived in my coat pocket for three years she would come out at night and eat the flies in my shack think of your mind as a lake give away half the money you make and you'll become a bad person during nights of big moons try walking as as slow as a skunk you'll like it don't ever go in a basement now i see teddy's fish tug coming in if you buy a six pack i'll get us i'll get us a big lake trout from teddy I got three bucks burning a hole in my pocket. Women like their feet rubbed. bring them wildflowers. My mom died when I was nine years old. I got this idea she became a bird and that's why I talked to birds. Way back then I thought the Germans and Japs would kill the world, but here we are about ready to cook a fish. What more could you want on an August afternoon? Wow.
0: It's like uh, living in his head for a
1: while. Yeah, it's a bit... uh, It's very much stream of consciousness um, and very lucid, lucid thought. Um,
0: Let's see. and And it's somehow the... He's kind of living as a bear, I mean his, his thoughts are like the bear he's describing or the bears he's, he's describing and it, it sounds like they're in the middle or he's, he's like becoming the bear and personifying the bear although I'm a big believer that animals have a whole lot more going on inside them than us humans want to give them credit for.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm a big believer in the intelligence of creatures other than humans. All
1: right I'll I'll, uh... What
0: What do you like about that poem? I mean what grabs you?
1: Um for me I guess what would uh, so when i first started reading harrison i read a book of his short stories called brown dog and uh his stories are essentially um uh you know you take a poem like that and turn it into 100 pages and that that's a story for him so they're very he has a strong lust for life and a lot of, um, I would say, enthusiasm for for um, aspects of of our world that um, are nourishing and, and um, even pleasurable or um, interesting and different and and uh, maybe outside the box and outside the realm of, of living of, of the average person that, you know, as a, I think when I was reading him, I was, it was a winter break, you know, June, maybe junior year of college and uh, to take a break from microeconomics and, um, you know, all the different, very rational-minded classes that I was in predominantly, and to be exposed to something that was far more emotive and, and um, just experiential, it was like a real breath of fresh air for me. Um, he has made a big part of his living at times as a food writer and essays um, about food and around food, and that's always plays a big part. And then uh he's also not afraid of expressing vulnerability some of the exploring some of the painful experiences in his life which i think is vital and and i always appreciate that um he's just honest and kind of comfortable with who he is as a as a person to some extent Um, so i tend to enjoy his uh his expressions.
0: I, I, I could get so lost in some of the images that he puts out there, too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like the idea of having a pet snake in your pocket for three years, and then the snake comes out at nighttime to eat the flies in his shed, and then somehow comes back to him and gets back in his pocket. I mean, that's just. I I could get stuck thinking about that all day long. (laughs) Um,
1: All right, I'll try a shorter one here just to, uh, so this is from his last book of poetry, Dead Man's Float. This was um, in in his final years. This is a poem titled Galactic. Sitting out in my chair near Linda's garden, A mixture of flowers and vegetables, pink iris, wild poppies, roses, blue salvia and Veronica, among tomatoes, green beans, eggplant, and onion. I think that I sense the far-flung galaxies and hear a tinge of the solar winds. Where is my dead brother, I want to know. With so many infirmities, I await the miraculous. Galaxies are grand thickets of stars in which we may hide forever.
0: me to my conversation I had with my brother this morning wow I I'm
1: can you read that
0: one more time it's like I'm I'm off in the galaxy or something
1: yeah galactic sitting out in my chair near Linda's garden A mixture of flowers and vegetables, pink iris, wild poppies, roses, blue salvia, and veronica among tomatoes, green beans, eggplant, and onion. I think that I sense the far-flung galaxies and hear a tinge of the solar winds. Where is my dead brother? I want to know. With so many infirmities, I await the miraculous. Galaxies are grand thickets of stars in which we may hide forever. Wow, I like that one.
0: I'm going to have to get this guy. I've never heard of him. I have to, I have to put him in, the, in, in with the other hundred books I have on my Kindle. It's just, all I need's a, another lifetime to read all. Wow. Tell me about that point.
1: Um, let's see. I'm thinking. I have a a farmer friend who I've worked for, an older man. And last, uh, he's kind of a curmudgeonly guy. And last spring, he said something to me that uh, life is is nothing but a it's nothing but a series of of traumas. Uh, a prolonged series of traumas and i remember you know taking that in and then reflecting on this poem you know harrison does bring up one of the traumas that he's been through in his life and he does that fairly regularly in his poems and then he'll also shine a whole lot of light on the, the aspects of the world that have helped him transcend those traumatic events and and to think of the night sky as a um he talks a lot about spending time in thickets and um just spending whole days just sitting in a thicket just watching birds and maybe eating salami on a piece of bread or um so he he spends a fair amount of his time kind of in this realm of you can call it hiding but it's also just recovery of some sense of of recovering from pain and and um to have those places in the world that offer um solace and and the night sky is one that's available you know ideally to everyone unless you start to factor in light pollution things like that but uh, grand thickets of stars in which we may hide forever that um it's this blanket that just can hold us no matter what we may have experienced. Um, yeah, I I would say that you know when he's
0: sitting there eating a bread and baloney and just contemplating the the universe, maybe that's living. You know, it, it is recouping, but um, that's. That's we we tend to think of living as the, the stuff that we're doing and activities and what we have and who we're with and all that but it, living's also that sitting there by yourself eating a bologna sandwich and you know, it's it's somehow being life is and how you handle everything is is like this appreciation for the from the big to the little like going from the you know the garden in front of them to the thicket in the sky that's pretty yeah. cool I'm, like, yeah, I'm gonna like this guy right. thank you for introducing right. me to him he's gonna get on my list
1: yeah, thank i you. also
0: like the lack of kind of and more so in the other poem than this one but the lack of structure you know there's a stream of consciousness but it's also a stream of consciousness that on the surface appears to be bouncing all over the place like the first one i i I don't remember the name of the first poem, but i I guess i don't remember the name of either poem. but on the first one um i think i have to read that many times to kind of i don't know why i want to feel the connection between all the parts but i do i want to like like see maybe i'm looking for something that isn't there but
1: like the the theme of the poem yeah what what's kind of weaving them all together or yeah
0: this one though is this one is really I I like shorter poems and I, I think a lot of it's because my brain's not able to comprehend the bigger ones. Um uh, but like this this one of the, I can see him. I like poems that make you feel like you're sitting there with them in the garden on the chair yeah. and yeah. looking up at the stars and like I I my own belief of poems is it's not as important what they say and what they make you think as how they make you feel i mean it i think when i i do well with a poem or a poem that i write that i like is one that makes me feel a certain way and I often try to write the poem from not my viewpoint, but from someone else's. And often a child, I like to write something from the point of view of a child and see if um, I can sit in their shoes. And this this guy Harris is doing, is giving me like I'm sitting with him. I like that. Well, you wanted us to try to, to do this like once a week or something or
1: yeah Yeah, i think uh how's this been for you it's uh it's joyful yeah i enjoy it it's uh it's um it's definitely valuable
0: okay good good i i very much enjoyed it too Uh, i i think you know at least my opinion at this point sometimes it's different when i listen to it to it but I think what we've done here, will actually make a pretty decent podcast, I, I can't, there's got to be people that have, would like to imagine sitting here talking with us, and perhaps there's some people out there that would like to join us, so who knows?
1: There's got to be, there's got to be. <laughs> we're,
0: we're all in the, in the same world and having the same kind of feelings and thoughts, but I really thank you for taking the initiative, getting us going
1: yeah i I appreciate you having 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 me on here and i you know one of the sentiments that uh i was left with you know reflecting on matt's passing and um and i guess that that's where we met and so that the service kind of brought us together but um One of his final programs that he did last year, is last December, early December, he did a Habitat for the Heart uh, program, kind of open mic poetry reading at Ashland Nature Center there. And, you know, spent most of his life preserving more ecologically sensitive birds and animals. And I've often uh, identified with some of those some of those same birds and animals. So I'm, I'm thankful for uh, for Matt's efforts in. I love the the words habitat for the heart and and uh, how that relates to both. You know, lots of amazing animals and then also uh, human beings and. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I. Um,
0: I got to meet matt the poetry and they'd listen to his poems and stuff and it became pretty clear from listening to his poems that he was into you know, kind of saving the habitat and save, saving the world type thing the most I mean, just you know you start from the little and move out yeah but but yeah i didn't, yeah. I didn't realize how attached that i had would come to him and how much I appreciated him. And it's a shame that we're like that in life, you know, when he, um, when someone dies, we in our eyes. And it's a shame we can't do that sooner.
1: Thanks for having me on here. And and uh, I'll look forward to, to more conversations. Sounds good, Nolan. Thanks for coming. All right. Be in here. All right. See you, Robert.
0: So, this is the ancient Texan and earthling, hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on the small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred in our fellow inhabitants. Namaste.